0: Hello and welcome to Damn Doug's Acute Mental Neuroses. My name is Doug, and these are my acute mental neuroses. In fact, this episode will actually get into someone else's acute mental neuroses. But before I get into that, let me just preface that this episode will be uh, almost completely about my time at NDK 2018, or Nandaisu Con, which is Denver's uh, biggest anime and cosplay uh, convention, uh, lots of panels and interviews and celebrities and voice actors. It was it was a blast, for the most part. I'm going to, like I said, get into this. Uh, the, the little fun, kind of fluff stuff. Uh, I had a blast. I uh, ended up running into uh, Bo and JP from So Like You Know Podcast. Give them a listen. <laughs> I would say way too many pops, but I bought six. Um, little Funko Pops. One of them is... Uh, Apparently Death from the Sandman comics is the only one they make from the Sandman comics, and Death is really hard to find, it's it's a previews exclusive. So when Deb saw that, you know, that they had one, um, she was like, you need to get it. Um, I also got a couple PlayStation exclusive ones of Kratos and Atreus from God of War, uh, Ryuk from Death Note because I had to get an anime one, Batman Beyond because it's a badass pop, and I love Terry McGuinness, love Batman Beyond. And then what else? Oh, the other anime one I got, uh, Future Trunks from Dragon Ball Z, who's one of my favorite characters. So, anyway, uh, it was a blast. We got a, a lot of audio, mostly from who was called the Chelsea Handler of the like uh, cosplay and anime circuit, um, Queen D, who was our first... That was the first panel we ever went to at NDK. We had no idea what to expect. It was 18 and over, and she did not... Uh, hold it back any anything really Uh, and it was a blast we had so much fun and it really kind of set the tone for us I will say most of the audio was Queen D panels Uh, we did have an interview that uh, went up a couple days ago uh, Deb and I did a recap um, that I put up our Queen D interview it's just us with her one on one and then uh, I think I've got some of her a couple of her um, over 18 panels that I'm really looking forward to posting because she's a fantastic storyteller, uh, as well as I've got a, a history of Japanese horror, which was a, a very interesting um, panel, uh, very dense in information, uh, I will say that. And then uh, there was a voice actors panel I went to on Saturday morning. Um, the reason why there's only like a handful of panels that aren't Queen D, and then the Queen D, it's like only like three of them. Really, did like you know five panels, really five or six panels. It was because Deb had a very ugly meltdown on Friday afternoon. Now this is going to get kind of real in terms of me not holding back because I need you kind of know the whole the whole story. Um, obviously, you know that you know Deb's been dealing with her um, brain injury and and her ankle's are a lot better now from when she got hit by a car in June. I still don't think she's dealing with the like emotional pain, the PTSD about it, very well. Um, and I know that she's, can get easily agitated because of the, the you know, the the residual damage from the concussion, but basically this is what happened. We, you know, made plans to, like, meet up in the the, uh, late morning on Friday. A press check-in was supposed to be at noon. I had gotten an early check-in at my hotel, though, thank God I stayed the the weekend, because Queen D's panels went super late, and they're always the last ones of the nights. But anyway, you know, Deb and I end up, uh... Trying to check in, they had had some last minute room changes, and no one in operations quite knew where the press check in was. Um, so, well, you know, we figured we'd give them a little time to figure it out. Um, Deb was not happy. She was like, "This is unprofessional. This is ridiculous. They're not treating us right." And I'm like, "Calm down." She's like, "We work really hard to get here," and I'm like, "I work harder than you, and I'm not at all like offended. Like, it's a con. It's going to be disorganized. You know, nothing's ever going to happen." You know, when they open the doors, it's like, it's, it's, it's madness, it's chaos, and you're just trying to wrestle it, um, like a d- demon cobra or whatever that line was from Teledeca Nights. But anyway, so she was a, l- a little upset, um, but not to the point where I was like, I need to worry about this. Um, so I said, let's grab a program and, um, you know, sit at, at this restaurant that was kind of attached to um, the convention site, um, this hotel called The Sheraton, um, so if I say Sharton, then, you know, it's the, the convention, um, site. And I said, let's sit down and like, bl- you know, give them a little bit of time to kind of figure out what's going on. And we'll, you know, plan our, um, plan our weekend, which of course makes me feel better since I want to know like where people are going to be, what are we going to do? Where are our downtimes? You know, uh, when are our interviews, stuff like that. So about 1.30, um, around there, like, Uh, We finally get checked in as press, Deb is fuming, and I'm like, she's like casting steely glances, she's throwing shade, she's being just kind of a cunt, and I'm like, calm down, please calm down, like, and I think this is like the end of it, like, I think, okay, we're checked in, we've got our interviews, she's not happy that one of them wasn't, we only requested two, one of them wasn't a one-on-one, it was kind of a press conference style, which I didn't end up going to, and you'll find out why later. I um, mean, she was not happy with that, and I was like, "Deb, if out of all the press outlets, a lot of people want her, they're gonna do a press conference style." She's like, "Well, that's really unprofessional." I said, "No, that's incredibly professional." Like, so we end up going up to my room, and not like that. Um, and she snatches a bag, and she has a bottle of whiskey in it. Um, some of you might know where this is going. I'm like, "Hey, it's gonna be a late night. I'm gonna take like a couple hour, you know, nap. I've been up since five in the morning. This is now." Two-ish in the afternoon. Um, you know, 2.30 right in there. We'd gotten something to eat. And I was like, I need to take a nap. It's going to be a long night. And she was like, cool, I'm going to read a book. Okay. That sounds like a plan. I set my alarm. Um, she uh, reads a book. As far as I know, I, I wake up and uh, she's very agitated. Um, still, um, and is now turning it on me about how, you know, I'm so creative and why do I even need her? And, you know, she almost died. And Cause every time I bring up DCC, she's like, I got hit by a car. It's not my fault. And I'm like, I'm, I'm not saying it's your fault, but it's a fact of subjective truth that you weren't there. It's not your fault. No one's mad at you about it, but like, this is, you know, kind of the logistics of what I'm talking about in context. And she kept bringing up things that were out of context. Like she's like, and you can draw. And I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? I mean, I know what it means, but it's like, what What does me drawing have anything to do with anything? And I think she's so fucked up in her life right now, which I may get into uh, in a little bit, um, that she's looking for like a creative outlet, and I, of course, am rife with creative outletism. That's not a word. But I can podcast, I can draw, I can, you know, work on my, you know, work on digital art, I can... Play video games, not that creative. I guess that's lateral thinking, but you know what I mean. You know, I have ways that I can just expel whatever's in my head for the most part and deal with it. I didn't realize at this point that in my two-hour nap, she'd drink half a bottle of whiskey. And it's like a regular-sized bottle of whiskey you'd find at a, a bar. And, sh- like, and that's in two hours. So it was all hitting her. She ended up, like, yelling, and I was like, you're yelling at me. Like, I, I don't deserve this. And I kept trying to tell her, like, I don't know what's going on, but, like, you need to, like, take it down a notch. Um, The people at NDK are doing the best they can. Yeah, sure, bad communication, disorganized, but, like, what are you going to do? There's nothing you can do. You can't make them communicate. Um, So just relax. Try to enjoy the weekend. Um, And she just kept flipping out, flipping out, flipping out. And I was finally like, if you don't want to be here and if you don't want to do this, if it's not fun, give me a press pass. You can go home. Which was probably the most corporate boss ultimatum I think I've ever given in my entire life. And she was like, fine. And I went, cool, get your bag out of my room and give me your press pass. I was like, I will just give it to someone else. And she's like, no. And I'm like, fine, keep it, whatever. I said, but if you keep it, you know, like either do, do the work and have some fun while you're doing it or don't show up. Because I don't want to see you if you're just going to like, Piss and moan and blow me off. So she's like, "Fine, whatever." And she takes the press pass, and I end up meeting a, a friend of mine, and I kind of ventor, and I I felt so bad. So I was like, "Oh my god, poor this girl." And I, because I was just like Bleh, all over her in terms of like what was going on, and she was like, "Oh, you're not having fun." I'm like, "Well, you know, whatever. I'll deal with it. I'm sorry to bring you down." Like, um, so we hung out and kind of just walked around a little bit. Um, and then I had some things to take care of, uh, before, um, a couple late panels. Ended up running into Bo from, uh, um, So Like You Know, or Slick Radio. And we ended up talking, uh, because we keep running into each other, and we have mutual friends. And, um, once I kind of got out of my head about it, it was a blast. I had so much fun at the late night panels, and then, you know, just exhausted, you know, fell into bed. Woke up the next morning, very much was like, I'm not texting Deb. She can text me if she needs to know, if she wants to know what time anything is. And I just woke up and went to panels and, you know, had lunch. And uh, I had a lot of fun. And then um, Saturday night, I had a few friends at the uh, Edgar, who I've talked about before, um, and some of the the friends, because now he works downtown. Some of the people from the day job came down, and we had a blast um, restaurant hopping, and just bullshitting, and just having fun, because I had a giant chunk of downtime between, like, two in the afternoon to, like, eleven o'clock at night, so I was like, let's do this, we grabbed dinner, uh, hung out, um, they wanted to go, they went, like, shopping, they were never downtown, um, had, had a lot of fun, and then, uh, Sunday morning, you know, so and then I went to late night panels. I stayed up, uh, watched the end of Lucky Number Eleven. Totally holds. Totally holds up. Uh, went to bed way too late. Woke up a couple hours later because uh, my friend Edgar had left something in my bag um, that I needed to get to him for work. And uh, by the time I was, I was getting ready in the mid morning to to head out to to drop off Edgar's work stuff and to um, grab. God, I needed a cup of coffee, and I got a big one. Uh, a cup of coffee, and, oh, yeah, and then Deb was too. Um, I'm sorry, real quick, I don't mean to keep jumping back and forth like a Pulp Fiction thing, I do want to say Saturday morning, Deb did text me, because she was really mad on Friday about, like, and we have to be there at 8.30 in the morning for this press thing, and I'm like, no one's making you go to that, it's, each outlet has to send one person, I'm already literally two blocks away from the hotel, like, why don't I go, or the convention, like, why don't I go, because my hotel's down the street, um, and you don't have to worry about waking up early. And I was like, and she kept getting really mad about the 8.30 thing, and I'm like, no one's making you go, Deb. No one asked you to go. In fact, I actually texted her and said, I assume I'm going to this. She texted me on Saturday, I I will say that, and said like, I'm hungover, I don't feel well, I'm not going to be at the press thing, and I'm like, okay. It didn't matter anyway, the press thing, like, it got interrupted by a fire alarm, and it was silly. So, but it was nice kind of connecting with a few people and, and, and networking a little bit. So anyway, jump to Sunday, sorry, um, jump to 24 hours later. Uh, Deb actually does text me and, you know, says like, you know, I'm still not feeling well. What's, you know, what's, what, what are your plans? And I'm like, well, I have a panel at this time, panel at this time. We have an interview with Queen Dootie at 2.30, so if you're going to show up for anything, be there for that interview at, you know, like 2 at the latest, because Deb I don't know if she can get this through her skull, is better at interviewing people than I am. Immensely so. I'm good on all the back-end stuff. I'm not good with actual people. She is. That's part of the reason we work well together. So anyway, she's like, yeah, I'll be there at noon. I'm like, cool. We end up meeting up. We grab lunch. Um, she's like texting me and apologizing. She's like, I'm sorry, but I'm an asshole. Like, I'm not dealing with stuff. And I'm like, yeah, cool. Like, you need to do that, because there was no reason to treat me or anyone else at NDK the way you did. I said, I'm not saying that to make you feel bad. I'm just telling you, like, you need to course correct, like, on the quick. So, um, we're fine. And then, uh, I'm gonna, g- now I'm gonna get into this, because it's kind of connected, and I don't want to wait till next week. So, I mean, we're fine. We did the recap, um, when we you know, on Sunday, and and we were at the interview, um, and everything went fine, um, the recap, obviously, we didn't talk about kind of this dark side of stuff, um, yeah, I felt hurt, angry, I realized, you know, anger is a secondary emotion, and then I really just felt sad that, like, you know, I was being let down by this very close friend and business partner, and when she went, oh, well, they're not treating us like a business, I immediately went, you don't treat us like a business, like, all I ask from you is to do, like, a few small things, and, you seem to come up with excuses about them. So, you know, it's like, I can only do so much without, you know, some kind of magical inheritance or winning the lottery or something where I can just focus completely on this and run the whole gamut. You know, does been having a rough go. And I'm not saying that excuses her. You know, and I've tried to cut her as much slack as I can on it. But really, it's been a couple months, and she's still kind of using it to, like, hide from certain things. Like, I'm like, hey, can you... Can you retake our, you know, Instagram? I don't care if you post, like, every day or whatever, but, like, maybe, like, a couple times a week just to keep it going. And she's like, well, you know, with the brain and the in the car and I almost died. And I'm like, it's got nothing to do with it. Like, okay, don't, like, I'm asking you for you to just take pictures of, like, your leggings twice a week or your pups or whatever. So I know that she feels isolated. I know that she and I are both in positions where we're used to living alone and now we don't. And the difference in my situation is that my family member kind of leaves me alone. She's, you know, she just leaves me alone to my own devices, lets me kind of have my own space 99% of the time. Um, unfortunately, because of Deb's accident, her family is like floating around her like useless guardian angels when she just wants to be left alone and it's making her like agitated. And on edge and anxious she just wants her own space and I don't know if she has talked to them about it I don't know if she can do that in a civil manner until she's processed kind of some of the 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 depression about it and she can like take a you know breath and go look I'm okay you're not helping me by babying me or smothering me so I get where she's coming from and but I've processed everything and my yeah, my home life isn't ideal. Like I said, I would love to, you know, uh, live more centrally located and, and, and alone. But, you know, that's the way the cookie crumbles and whatever. So, I get it, but... It it was it was kind of a rough beginning to the weekend, and I'm glad she kind of shook it off at the end, and, and I'm glad she apologized. But, um, you know, very ups and downs. And, you know, I don't know what would have happened if... She would have said, well, this is it, it's the end of the company. Well, one, I would have gone, obviously, the next day I'd have been like, you were drunk. Did you mean that? And if she did, then we'll, then we'll sit down and, you know, uh, if she did, obviously, it's a complete hypothetical. This is in universe 62B. But I don't, I don't know. Um, it would be really hard of certain facets of this to go on without her. And I want her to know that she is integral to this company. So if she doesn't listen to the show, I'm not trying to mouth service her. Mouth service? Lip service. <laughs> Mouth service is something different. And on that note, from Doug Dims, whoa, my God. Ugh, I'm still tired from the whole con weekend edition outro. Good night, Internet. If you liked this, check out some of our other shows like Mr. Right, Exotic Liability, and No Applause, Just the Clap. You can find us at www.bacnpodcast.com and by searching for BACN on iTunes and Stitcher. Oh, yeah.